Thanks for listening to the Healthy Church Podcast with Larry Barker and Drew Klein. The Healthy Church Podcast is an honest conversation about what it means to be part of a healthy church. There are no perfect churches because they're all filled with imperfect people led by imperfect leaders. But by God's grace, we can begin to dialogue about what changes can be made in our lives as leaders and in the churches we serve in order to better love God and His people. For more information and other resources, go to HealthyChurchPodcast.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the Healthy Church Podcast. Uh, my name is Drew Klein. I'm here with my friend Larry Barker. Larry, Merry Christmas. Hey, man. Merry Christmas. Should we sing a duet or something? What I do mean, you think? I'm always game. I'm still, you know, my voice is not quite <laughs> warmed up enough yet, but... You know. I got you, man. I got you. But yeah, Shelby and I talk about it all the time. We just love Christmas music, love hearing it, and uh, just kind of seems to put a little extra skip in your walk, you know? Absolutely. And so, great time of the year. I love it myself. Uh, that's uh, My family starts at least right after Thanksgiving, if not before, and uh, something we love to do as well, listen to a ton of music. Yeah, that's quite a debate between people of when's too early. It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and it does get a little old after, you know, for that long. Sure. But, uh, you know, you only got it once a year usually. So, but this, yeah. uh, this coming Saturday is Christmas. So we just want to wish everybody listening a, a wonderful Merry Christmas and appreciate you listening to our podcast today. Larry, where are we going? What are we talking about on today's podcast? Well, we, we kind of thought, you know, with uh, the supernatural, miraculous virgin birth of Christ was was one way that uh, God uh, just interrupted uh, humanity and history and placed the one and only begotten Son uh, that first Christmas morning. So I thought it'd be kind of cool to talk today about His presence and His power and uh, and how God has moved and, and done that throughout history. We won't cover them all, but primarily just talking about a couple. I love it. Divine inter- interruptions. That's a wonderful, uh, wonderful idea. I know I'm thankful for the ones in my life. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because you know, there are those uh, personal interruptions when God showed up and manifest His presence, and mm-hmm. uh, I can think of a few in my spiritual life and walk, and to be totally transparent, there have not been enough of them, <laughs> uh, And uh, but I will say this, when you've had one, you hunger and thirst for the next yeah, you one. Do. You, you do. You do. You desire for Him to show up. Uh, I like to put it this way. Uh, it's not real spiritual, but when his presence is so thick, you could cut it with a knife, mm-hmm. you know, when you sense him and you know that he is there. And our good friend Bill Ellis uh, in Present Centered Church said, throughout history, God has graciously interrupted our lethargy with heavenly invasions of his presence. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I do, too. I do too. We pray for it all the time. Lord, you know, in our services, as we're preparing for preaching, you know, we want, we want the Lord to, uh, to do the work. We want him to show up and be the, we we have nothing to bring apart from him and we need those interruptions in our lives. That's right. And so of course, one of those interruptions was the virgin birth Mm -hmm. and John one talks about how the word became flesh and took up a residence 
and, uh, and how they have, John said, we observed his glory, the glory of the one and only son. I love how the message, we've talked about this before, <laughs> how the message says that God moved into the neighborhood. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, man, I just love that picture. And yep. Paul talks about that in Galatians, when the time came to completion, God sent his son. And so we know God showed up in a mighty, miraculous way. And that's what Christmas is all about. Yep. And it's not always exactly uh, the moment where, you know, we think we're headed. I, th- I think about Mary and Joseph and their plans and, and you know, their, their, uh, their, their engagement, I guess. And yeah. uh, the idea that, that Jesus has interrupted <laughs> Uh, this young girl's life and their future as a couple, and yet it's, of course, the greatest interruption ever. But, you know, in the moment, it was like, uh, <laughs> what is going on? It was definitely scandalous, but God used it in, in amazing ways. Yeah, Drew, that's a great point, because I think we don't ever think about, wait a minute, people, I've not been with a man, and everybody in the crowd's going, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Sure, sure right. you have. Right. Yeah, we know how this works. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, they didn't know how no, it worked because no. God intervened right. in a miraculous way. Right, and I think we're always sort of negative to those interruptions. And, and in ministry, as we're praying for God to do something, we sh- most of the time, we, even though we don't say it, we want him to do the things in the way we've done them before. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. those interruptions are just following his lead into certain parts of town, into to groups of people that, that may not be what we expected, but he leads us to places and does things that are amazing when he, you know, when we give him that space and he comes and, and works. Yeah. You know, next week we're going to talk a little bit about the churches of Asia and just talk a little bit about evaluating and mm. where are we on this spiritual journey individually and as a church. And, and uh, you know, that, that verse in Revelations 3.20 just haunts me all mm-hmm. the time. If any man will open the door, I will come into him mm-hmm. and sup with him and he with me. I'll have dinner with him and allow him and the importance of God's presence. And mm-hmm. we've turned that into a salvation verse when actually it's a verse uh, he's talking to a church, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I even told Cornerstone, I said, how sad would it be for us to look out these doors and see Jesus knock and asking if he can come in mm-hmm. when supposedly it belongs to him? Right. I think about it all the time with, you know, we have lots of homeless people and, yeah. uh, you know, Jesus speaks of that in Matthew 25 talking about, you know, the, what you've done to the least of these you've done to, unto me. And I, if you think of him in that way, then he's all over. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a reality that we have to face. Yeah. We just, uh, put on Bethlehem and we build the city and we have the shops, we have a synagogue and a wow. bread shop and a cheese shop and wow. the inn and, and uh, we had over 1,100 people come through and, and uh, view Bethlehem. And, and uh, we have the stars shining back behind the city. And they come out and they meet the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah begins telling them about a Messiah's coming. And, and, uh, and then as they're walking towards the city, shepherds run out and, and confront, hey, have you heard the news? Do you all know what's going on? And, and, uh, and I, I always enjoy it. Because it causes my mind to think, um, I'm sure we're far from exactly what it was like that <laughs> night. I'm sure we're far from it. 
but it just gets our creative juices flowing and thinking about what an awesome God who decided to interrupt Mm. the history of man with the birth of his only begotten son, born of a virgin, and and just the way it happened and the way he did it uh, wasn't anything like you and I probably would have planned it. We, we would have thought, shouldn't he have been born in the palace? Yeah. You know, I mean, come on, the king? Yeah. Isn't that where he should have been born? And and where should he have been raised? And we know what they said about him coming from Nazareth. Can mm-hmm. anything good come out of Nazareth? Right. Right. You know, and there was that stigma and all those things. But what a beautiful picture of God's love for us and him interrupting and saying, okay, I have a plan, which he always did from the foundations of the earth. So uh, just a great time of year. Yeah, absolutely. These interruptions and and to who they they came, to a teenage girl, (laughs) to shepherds who were the lowliest of the low in in society, to a a manger and a sheep trough. (laughs) You know, it's like God chose, you know, I like the way uh, the group for him, a friend Mark Harris uh, has a song, such a strange way to save the world. You know, it's like, man, it it doesn't make a lot of sense, but yet Jesus is saying something, even in his birth, I think, and that is, I'm open to all people. And this message goes to the lowliest of the low in culture, even. Uh, You know, the shepherds were considered thieves and and, uh, dirty and outcast. They couldn't come into the temple because of having to keep and watch sheep all the time. And so, but the fact that the angels would make this announcement to them. It says so much about what he's trying to say to the world. All come, all can come, all are welcome. It's beautiful. Absolutely. It is beautiful. And and Bill in the book again says, everything flows from the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. And that's what we wanted to talk about today. Are, are we flowing from the presence of God? Are we functioning from that? And I got to tell you, God's taken to me to the woodshed a little bit on this one, (laughs) uh, Drew, because Larry's always convinced Larry can fix it. Mm. I got this. I can handle this when the truth is, no, you can't. Yeah. You, you can't handle this. And you, there's a lot of things you have abilities, but the cool thing about that is what abilities I do have God gave them to me in the first place. Of course, yeah. So he ought to receive all the honor, glory, and praise. Right. Right. No, and I just convicting to me too, even as you say it, I can feel this conviction of well, <laughs> you know, just just what are we doing instead of the doing, what are we doing to be who God's called us to be so that we yeah. can be prepared for that presence? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're gonna talk a little bit about that. But you know, in Luke um chapter twenty-four, um Jesus is talking to disciples. He's resurrected, about to ascend back to the Father. And he tells them, you guys are the witnesses of these things. Mm -hmm. Look, I'm sending you what my Father promised. Mm. That's the Holy Spirit. As for you, stay in the city until you are empowered from on high. Mm -hmm. Another version says, until you are clothed. Mm with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just love that picture because one time that we're talking about where God invades, you know, history with his presence in just a miraculous way, we've already talked about Christmas, but then he does it to his church Mm -hmm. at Pentecost. 
And God's presence and power just shows up in a spectacular, supernatural way. And you see the evidence of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just even thinking as, as we prepare for messages every week, are we waiting to be clothed? Or are we saying, I just got to put more study time in. I've got to get this thing read. I've got to come up with a better story, whatever the case may be, instead of, no, just soaking in the presence of the Lord to be clothed and prepared in power, his power, not our strength and abilities. And man, yeah, what a what a beautiful picture of that in, at Pentecost. I think about Peter, you know, with this yeah. was the who was cowered down and all of a sudden now filled with God's presence and boldness. Love it. Yeah, and you know, Drew, I've shared this testimony a lot. I remember when I was planting a church and I turned to Shelby one day and I said, when did I become a workaholic? And, uh, and she just got silent. And I said, dear, I kind of wanted a response. (laughs) And she goes, I'll be honest. I was trying to remember when you weren't. Oh yeah. Mm. And I just went, ouch. But I needed to hear that because Larry's response is, you know what? I'll just work harder Mm -hmm. and I'll just work longer. Mm -hmm. I'll make this happen. I'll kick the door in. I won't wait for God to open it. Mm -hmm. And away we go. And, and, and I've just had to learn. No, what does Jesus say? Go and wait. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'd have been in the group, Drew, I'd have probably turned to you and go, really? (laughs) We got work to do guys. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Right. Especially in that moment. And he wants us to wait. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're, you're, so you're a little bit more of a Martha then. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no (laughs) doubt. No doubt. You know, of course I was raised by a man. I heard him say it a thousand times. A great man. I love my dad, miss him tremendously, but I heard him say it a thousand times, son, if you want it done right, do it yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. All those things start coming out in life and, and ministry. We, we heard growing up, we become our parents. But think about the church in Acts, and I knew you'd love talking about mm-hmm. this. Man, in Acts 2, the love is undeniable. Is. The way they're caring for one another, loving on one another, the power of God was transforming them. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a it wasn't kind of a power surge on and off. It was real constant mm-hmm. at that time. Even forgiveness yeah. uh, was unbelievable because right. the forgiveness was even of their enemies. And, and all of a sudden, these common fishermen and common men and women, their boldness yeah. is just off the charts. Matter of fact, what are they saying about Peter? Wait a minute. Who is this dude? Is mm-hmm. he just drunk? Mm-hmm. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, why is he talking this way? And there's even that time where the Bible says they had all things common, and it appears that they were so generous, Drew, that for a moment, at least for a short season, we don't know how long, no one had a need. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How cool is that? Incredible. Incredible. It is incredible. Well, and that they were they were close enough to one another to know those needs. You know, that's one of the things yes. we don't do. We don't share our needs. We don't, we, we, it's a pride issue, but there's a, there's an added element of connectedness and honesty and transparency and willingness to let others be a blessing and to be a blessing. So yeah, unbelievable generosity. You know, and with that, I had a man, uh, ask if he could meet with me the other day, cause we've got a couple of families as every church does. That's really going through some financial woes right now. Mm-hmm. And he said, can I, share a little bit with uh, with you about a system that might work. 
And I said, sure, I'd love to hear it. He goes, what if one Sunday you just get up and said, hey, we've become aware of a need. We're not going to go into specifics. We don't want to embarrass anybody. But if you'll come next Sunday and bring it, uh, we'll make sure the family gets that and meets the needs. And I and I went, you know, doesn't matter whether you think that's the way to do it or not. Mm-hmm. What I loved was he was thinking, how can we make sure that we're going to be an Acts 2 church mm-hmm. <laughs> and make sure that the people amongst us right. uh, are being taken care of and their needs are being met. Just bless my soul. It's beautiful. I love that heart. It is. It is. You know, in Acts 4.13, Drew, uh, we know this verse, and, and I, I like to be reminded of it all the time. Yeah. Because when the world noticed the boldness of Peter and John, they also knew, hey, these are uneducated, mm-hmm. untrained men. And I want to say something right here. Anybody out there listening, you're going, well, I'm not educated enough, and I don't know enough to begin serving God. That's mm-hmm. a lie. It's true. Yep. You can start serving. That doesn't mean you won't get training. doesn't mean you won't seek knowledge. But that's an excuse for us to sit back because we don't have to do it ourselves anyway. Uh, we have the presence and power of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. But they knew they were uneducated and untrained, but it says they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now that convicts me. Absolutely. I love the word that some of our translations use, astonished. <laughs> like, yes. They, like, here's these are the educated men, and the things that they're saying could only come from a pretty unbelievable education that was given to them by the yeah. Holy Spirit and Jesus. And uh, yeah, these are fishermen. What are they doing talking like this and having this boldness in front of us? The same council that had put Jesus to death. And here they stand with no fear Uh, and and accusatory, you know, like you're the ones that put him to death. You're the ones that did this. And man, what what, uh, boldness. Absolutely. I say this a lot also, but I want to say it here in this context to pastors, leaders, Mm -hmm. uh, church members, disciples of Christ. People need to see that you have been with Christ more than anything else, more than your degrees on the wall, more than your gifts, more than your abilities, more than your personality, more than anything else. They need to see that we are walking with Christ. Our kids need to see it. Our grandkids need to see it. They need to be aware that we are pursuing Christ. No, we're not perfect, but we're seeking to live a holy life for Christ in the power and through the presence of the Holy Spirit of God in us. Mm -hmm. That's what they need to see. And on the other side of that, they know when we haven't. (laughs) Oh, man. And so when we say, no, this is what we believe, and all these things on our walls show this proof of some sort of education, and then our lives don't speak of it. Man, I'm telling you, that is, I can't think of anything worse to go out against uh, an apologetic or a faith. Just talking to a guy yesterday, and he's, his family is, is kind of breaking apart, and he says, well, this is what I believe, and this is what I want our home to be. And, and I know this family well enough to speak the truth to him and say, brother, this is not how you live. And you've just confused them to death. And that, is, that exactly is what is happening. They're seeing him say one thing and live another. So it's so important that our lives be this thing that you're speaking of, this, this presence-oriented people around Jesus, seeking him and knowing him more than all the accolades and, th- and the things that we bring to a position 
Yeah, what's really sad, the other side of that, the reality is, Drew, that before long, Paul's writing letters to churches like the church at Corinth, which had a lot of issues, and he's writing letters and he's having to address heresy, he's having to address sinful behavior, he's having to address conflicts in the church. And what is that an indication of? It's an indication of an absence Mm -hmm. of God's presence. Mm Mm-hmm. It's an indication that they started out well, but somewhere got off track, and it's so easy for all of us to do. And uh, you were even mentioning that people can tell. I think what's even more convicting is when we move forward knowing we're doing it out of the flesh and not out of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, because we've learned how to do it. (laughs) We know how to do church And how sad is it if we go ahead and do it and not even burdened or concerned uh, that God's presence is there? Yeah, I totally agree, Larry. And I I think part of this is even as as pastors, it's humbling because it it takes away the— the gifting sometimes, it takes away the tools, the education, and it simply just breaks down to have we been with Jesus? Have we spent time? Have we prayed? Have we sought him? There's no greater preparation tool, right, for whether it be for ministry or life than to just be with Jesus. Yes. So why is the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit so important in our lives? And that's kind of what we wanted to come to. And and I like I put this, he said, we're called to live a supernatural life, and that requires supernatural presence. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to come to grips with that and how much we need his presence every step of the way. Mm-hmm. talked about this before, but I just learned this in Exodus 33. And I want to remind us, it took, took to learn this. So, uh, <laughs> you know, give grace and real still learning. But in three, he wants God's promise. He goes, I don't want it if your presence doesn't go with me. Mm-hmm. And and God promises him that he'll go with him. And, and, and we start out right there so often, but we so often don't end up right. Mm-hmm. So we have to keep pursuing it. We have to keep... Um, uh, you know, there's a great book uh, by Tozer on the pursuit of God mm, that reminds it. us of how that's what it's about, pursuing that intimacy and pursuing that relationship. Quiet time is not about a check on the box. I studied the scripture, I prayed, check, I can move on. No, it's about knowing him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. And, you know, in the Great Commission, We're basically promised two things. That's why we're talking about presence and power. He promises his presence, I'm with you always, and he promises us his power. All authority has been given to me. Mm -hmm. And so the supernatural life requires a supernatural presence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that piece of the Great Commission because it it, it gives me courage. You know, it's it's this thing of... Uh, if if God, you're calling me to go to some place, I don't have to be afraid. You're with me, and, and not only are you with me, but we have everything we need in you because you've equipped us and empowered us. I mean, it's like Jesus has taken away every possible excuse, really, <laughs> apart from our will to say we trust you and we're going to be obedient to you. He, he's given us everything we would need to go. 
Yes, absolutely. Which brings us to the second closely related. We're called to a supernatural work. So that requires supernatural power. Yeah. And that is the Holy Spirit of God who abides in us, promised to us in John 14, where Jesus said, I'm going to send you another. And, and we've talked about this verse too, Drew, that blows me away every time I think about it. And you're going to do greater things than me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, yeah. no. You talk about a uh, mic drop. Right. Now that's a mic drop. Right, yeah. yeah how do you wrap your brain around that? Exactly. But we have example of example of this in the scriptures that this work cannot be accomplished where God says, no, I'm going to do this so that it's not your armies aren't going to get the glory here. Mm -hmm. I will receive the glory. And that's what that's about. The presence and the power of God, that great verse that we're all familiar with Zechariah, not by my might nor by my power, but by my spirit saith the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's the presence and power of God. This work cannot be done without supernatural power. No. And the more we come to grips with that and realize that, the better off we're going to be. Uh, I remember years ago singing that old hymn, I Need Thee Every Hour, and our our worship leader said, I don't know about y'all, but it's more like every second. Yeah, right. I love that. Yes. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's a great, great reminder. So supernatural life requires a supernatural presence. The good news is we've been sent one to enable us, to clothe us in his power and to be with us every step of the way. And a supernatural work requires supernatural power. Um, So he's not only there with us, but he enables us, he energizes us. And, and I like that word dynamic, mm-hmm. the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit of God, which brings us to number three. We cannot accomplish what he's called us to do on our own. Mm-hmm. I know we know that, but I think it's good for us to say it out loud, admit it, confess it, and and realize it. it it shouldn't just be a oh i know that larry no it ought to be a conviction mm-hmm. that's what it was with moses god i'm not moving forward without you mm-hmm. it was a conviction of moses and it ought to be a conviction of ours also we're going to talk about a couple things to keep in mind as we do that yeah i think it's a right understanding of of what we don't have it's yeah. just an acknowledging, Lord, uh, I don't have it, and uh, I have to have you do it in me. And that's been one of the things, I think, for for us, for me specifically, is is coming into the role that God's brought me into the last five years. God, this is not what I've done my career. This is not who I've been. I cannot do this apart from yeah. you doing something unbelievable and just trying to surrender to that and every single day, every single week. And uh, that's, I think, the power. You know, it's it's kind of a paradox because yeah. it's it's the thing where we surrender, and yet that's what brings power. <laughs> it's not yeah. that we're doing something else to build something up for this dynamic explosion of of uh, example or preaching. Or no, it's this humble approach to seeking the Lord. Yeah, and you know, Drew, you hit something there because God puts us in places and seasons where we know uh, I ain't got a clue what I'm doing. I've never done this before, and that causes us to depend on him. But if we're not careful, we can get into ministry, and let's just be very straightforward. 
we know how to prepare a message. Mm -hmm. We know how to pull off a song service. Mm -hmm. We know how to have an altar call. Mm -hmm. We know, and we can just list all the things we know how. So if we're not careful, we can get to the point where like, I know how to do this. And uh, that's a dangerous place for us to be, uh, to think, I got this, I know what I'm doing. And, and, and I get experience brings great, great wisdom mm-hmm. and discernment, but that doesn't change our dependency right. on the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I think it's a mistake of the university sometimes that we teach kids the, the specifics of ministry, and sometimes we don't walk with them in discipleship of what you're talking about. Is so important, you know, that that presence-oriented seeking the Lord, fasting, prayer, whatever the case may be to prepare. We teach all the other, you know, building blocks and not the most important sometimes. Yeah, and I want to give a definition of the power of the Holy Spirit that I got from Charles Stanley. It's that divine authority and energy which God releases in every one of his children in order that we may live a godly and fruitful life. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you, that brings me great comfort. Uh-huh. Because here I've been trying to figure out how to pull this off, and I don't have to pull it off. Right. I need to be alone with him. I need to be in his presence, because there's divine authority and divine energy that comes in the presence and the power of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. So what that requires of me is seeking Him, looking to Him, waiting on Him, trusting and depending in Him. I heard someone say a a great comment the other day that I love. Okay, God hasn't showed you what to do next. Well, then keep doing what He has shown you, Mm -hmm. you know, and just be faithful in that. Right. Uh, But that doesn't mean kicking it into uh, cruise control, if you will. What that means is every day I'm still seeking, every day I'm still going, every day I'm still... Uh, striving to be in his presence and and seeking that intimacy with him. And I haven't arrived there, Drew, but I'm going to keep pursuing. Amen. And I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to keep seeking, uh, knowing what he has promised to those who do. You have down here a note about Pete Scazzaro. Of course, we I, that's one of my favorites. I mean, I love Pete. Well, I put it in there for you, Drew. <laughs> well, uh, he, he makes a comment in, in his book about this. Talk, talk to us about that. Yeah, it's just three steps because you got it. He has a whole chapter in uh, uh, emotionally healthy discipleship on Mm -hmm. embracing God's gift of limits. Mm. We see it as bondage. He says, no, God's limits are your gift. For example, work six days, take the the seventh off. Mm -hmm. Someone has set a Sabbath. One definition of it is uh, catching your breath. Yeah, And anybody listen to this podcast, there's times in our life Mm. we got to catch our breath. Mm -hmm. We are out of breath. We've been running so hard, going so hard. And so Pete Scazzaro gives us three, uh, if you will, disciplines to think through first, relax in Jesus. Mm -hmm. He loves you. Yeah, You are his child. Uh, Every believer is promised the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit of God in their life who regenerates them and takes residence in them. And then detach for Jesus. Mm. Relax in Him, but then detach. Get away. Get that solitude. Get that silence and and, uh, break away. If Jesus needed that time to get away from the crowds, how much more do you and I? And then thirdly, 
then listen. Mm. Uh, prayer is not one way, it's two way. And not only are we to talk to him and praise God that we can talk to him and, and cry out to him, and, but also he has something that he wants to say to us. And so I just, those three uh, little steps, I think of them almost every morning. Hey, I need to relax, mm. take a deep breath. Nothing's more important than this time. And I need to be focused on him. Just think about when your child needs you. you they don't need you distracted. Mm-hmm. They need you totally focused on their burden, their concern, their right. trial, their their situation. And that's what the Father does for us. We have his complete attention. Yeah. I love in Psalms, it says, his ear is inclined towards us. Mm-hmm. And I just love that picture that when we relax in him and we detach for him, his ear is there ready and willing and wanting to hear what we have to say. Right. Man, what a cool, comforting truth. Yeah. And, and when we're not doing that, it's I think it's because of pride. It's because we can handle yeah. it. We got it covered. Uh, we've done it before. We can do it again, kind of a thing, you know. And then, uh, and then, it's about propping ourselves up. And uh, this is exact. This is a this is a, a pin in the balloon. <laughs> Instead, it is Lord deflate my ego, deflate my schedule. And if anybody needs to hear that, it's right now at Christmas time. As pastors and ministers that are, we're exhausted right now, and uh, we need that presence. And what a beautiful again, what a beautiful story of Jesus and the gospel. Uh, in this unassuming way to remind us that that's what we need to be, is just at the feet of Jesus worshiping. Yeah, you know, Drew, I'm, I, again, I'm so glad you uh, brought that up because, again, just transparency. Um, if we're not real careful, we really like it when people go, what would we do without you? Yeah, sure. You're so awesome. Mm-hmm. All you do, and, and you know, there's nothing wrong with folks saying thank you, mm-hmm. uh, but you got to be real careful. I like one author said it this way: if 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 you don't remain humble, applause will corrupt you, mm-hmm. and criticism will crush you. <laughs> and how true that is! Yes. And um, you know that we just got to be honest about it. But here's, here's the way another author put it. He said, man was never made to be worshipped because he cannot handle it. Mm-mm. And we see that all the time. And what, is, what does Paul tell the believers in Galatia? Don't think more highly of yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> than you ought to think. I remember years ago when I was planting and and uh, the plant was going well and God was giving me opportunities to go share and at, at other churches. And I was gone one Sunday and I called home and I said, so how's it going? And, and never forget, Shelby said, well, you know how it is when you're not here. Now, my immediate response was, whoo. I'm needed. Thank you. Oh, man, uh, I'm needed. And the Holy Spirit of God went, this is not good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, wow. And so th- it's that balance that we got to remember. God allows us 
to be used in the economy of God. And what a privilege and what a blessing. But he will not share his glory mm-hmm. with anyone. No. No. no matter how good we think we are and how gifted we are, uh, you know, we need to be careful that we're, we're trusting in our charisma mm-hmm. or our competency more than we're trusting in the presence and the power of God. Yes. Amen. As soon as we start trying to absorb that, it actually removes us from God. It's that pride in heaven that removes Satan from his presence. It's that it's the same thing. You know, Drew, the positive truth is here, it doesn't depend on us. No. We can trust God. God's got this. I don't have to do everything on my own. I don't have to do anything in my own strength. I don't have to figure it out by myself. And we just need to be honest and ask ourselves, am I trusting in his presence and his power or am I trusting more in myself and my talents and mm-hmm. my abilities and my work ethic and my long hours? Am I trusting the supernatural enabling of the Holy Spirit of God in his presence and power? Because God's got this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Even as you say it, as we wrap up today, I'm thinking about a little girl named Mary <laughs> that God would yeah. send the Savior of the world to this uh, small, little, you know, uh, not super strong, super experienced, uh, super amazing person, but to a, to a little girl. And uh, yeah. now I just think of the same thing in us. As God calls us and moves us and leads us to ministry and to churches and beautiful opportunities to share of his grace, he does so knowing that we don't have what, we, what it's going to take. <laughs> He's going to have it. to fill us and empower us. This is a beautiful story, beautiful uh, beautiful time of the year, guys. We pray that at some point in this season, maybe even this week, you get some time to just celebrate Jesus, just to stop being Martha and settle into being in Mary's position of just worshiping him and being in his presence. That's our prayer for you. Hey, I also want to say as we close this uh, this podcast today, thank you for listening. We just celebrated our 5,000th. Uh, podcast, and we've done that because you've been so faithful and kind to listen to the program, and we appreciate it. If we can help you in any way, please don't hesitate to let us know. Info at HealthyChurchPodcast.com. We would love to pray for you or answer any questions that we can. Uh, Guys, thanks again for listening. We pray that you have a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you on the other side. God bless you. You've been listening to the Healthy Church Podcast. Sponsored by Activate, a church health ministry of the BMA. For more information, resources, and other related topics, please go to HealthyChurchPodcast.com or find us on Facebook at Healthy Church Podcast.